What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Blended Couple on Fire podcast. On today's episode, it's actually Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Marriage. And that's coming up right now. Are you a Christian and you are looking to take your faith, your family, and your future to the next level? Then this is the channel for you. What what trick? What you just did? I was like, oh. <laughs> Does anybody ever remember doing that as kids? Okay, that's so fun. All right. So anyway. I was talking while this was playing. <laughs> this is what he starts doing <laughs> to me. I don't know. I think it's that's funny. what happens when no one's around. <laughs> right. If I yawn and I don't cover my mouth, he's like. <laughs> Spoken, spoken. I'm like, oh. he's like, oh. <laughs> put your finger right on the tongue, and then I don't expect it because it's funny. Goodness gracious me! Welcome to the Blended Couple on Fire podcast. Welcome live. If you're here live, welcome, welcome. Please let us know if you're here. We appreciate it. Actually, there's a couple people want to recognize some awesome people, some friends. Hi, friends. What's up, Sarah? Mark, 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 Mark. Remarks and Mrs. Wonderful, the Queen Lady, Stacy Lindstrom. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome. Today, we get to talk about something awesome, something fun. It is Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Marriage, the Blended Family Edition, the Blended Edition. This coffee is glorious. My wife is drinking coffee out of a coffee mm. cup that is for Christmas. And that saddens my heart because I'm not ready for Christmas to be here yet. I'm not ready for winter, but I'm ready for Christmas. Right. She is always ready, always ready for Christmas. So, so it was really funny. So just before we got on, Christy's like, oh, we should have did a special edition like show today because we did, what, what did you say for like one time? Family first. Family first. Family and first. So we've been together for 11 years and, you know, we have a couple 19 year olds and a 17 year old and we went to Mackinac Island this past weekend for the first time. We've been talking about it for almost all of the 11 years. The first time as a family we've, yeah. we went. Chris yeah. and I have been multiple times. And, and I was multiple times before I met him. <laughs> right. right. She's so popular. <laughs> so it's really funny, right? So so we were saying something about going. And Chrissy's oldest, Garrett, she's like, he goes, I've already been. She's like, you don't even remember. You were little. He goes like, well, it smells like horse poop and there's fudge. And they're like, okay, that's Mackinac. That's pretty much, that pretty much wraps it up if he, you've ever been before. Yeah, he was with my grandparents when he was little. So, yeah. but it was the first for... All of us as a family, and for my youngest, it was his first time being up, up there all together. Yeah, and so we made sure to leave from the St. Ignace port. So then, because it was his first time ever going across the Mackinac Bridge, yeah. So we did that for him as well. But it was it was a great day. But anyway, that's not what our podcast is about. But it should be <laughs> right. It was. We did earn our hiking badge that oh. day because we <laughs> we put in some serious uh miles feet and climbing so and so much that our watches asked us are you doing an outdoor workout <laughs> right are you trying to run or climb a hill yes all right so yeah so today is change your thoughts change your marriage and this is such a an awesome topic so christy and i feel very passionate about this i she has something that actually hangs on the bathroom mirror by zig ziglar if you ever heard of zig ziglar he really talked a lot about this and it's about you know, positive self-talk. It's about the things that happen inside our head. And we actually have a couple statistics we're going to share with you guys. But it is so amazing when you start to understand and see the fruits of your labor when it comes to your thoughts and the things that you can do when you start to change the way that your mind works, especially your thoughts. So we really thought it would be a good thing today to talk about is changing your thoughts. Yeah, and there's lots of quotes about that. Like, yeah. 
a man's thoughts will his body will soon follow like mm-hmm. as you start thinking about something and it's not going to be long you're actually going to be doing it and it's very very true how powerful our thoughts are and those people that figure this out and really understand how powerful like start thinking correctly making sure my thoughts my thoughts my thoughts how much lives their lives change so everyone needs to do it but if it was easy then everyone would be doing it that's true it's not easy doesn't work like that no so if you're on and you want to play along take a guess about how many thoughts without googling it okay mark uh how many thoughts goes through the human mind per day if you had to to take a guess but while you're guessing that right how many thoughts happen in a single day in the human mind uh you need to put it on here yeah, put it down. But did you know that 80% of all your thoughts are negative? That's actually one of these like, whoa. And then you're like, you know what? That actually doesn't surprise me. And I think that's super powerful speaking to us because, okay, Mark said 5,000. Mark, 5 million. <laughs> Sarah's like five, 5 million thoughts a day. It's actually a lot of thoughts. But uh, it is amazing, though, to know that a lot of our thought patterns, a lot of things that we say to ourselves, we would never say to people we care about and love. I mean, it's 80% of it is is negative, And that's so sad to me. So, all right. So a few people have guests and yeah, Sarah, uh, 50,000 at times, I think so. But Mark is the closest. So new research says that 6,000 thoughts per day. That's what goes through our mind. And that's just a man. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it probably is like 50,000 or 5 million. It's a lot more, right? That's probably true, actually. <laughs> I wonder if it's true. That may be true. I've heard something about that. But but I do believe 80% of all of our thoughts are negative. I really do. Because mm-hmm. if you take 6,000 thoughts a day, 80% of that, whatever that is, it's like you're thinking about the person that's going slow in front of you. You're thinking like they're an idiot. They don't know how to drive. And then, you know, if someone makes a mistake at work, you're like, they don't care. They're lazy. They're not trying. You know, it's our brains automatically go to that. And so once we recognize that, like my biggest thing was when I wake up in the morning, what am I thinking about? Because you wake up in the morning and you're going in the bathroom and you're going to the bathroom and you're starting to get ready for your day. And if you actually start paying attention my brain was just going to, I have to do this today and I have to do this. And I just was angry about it. But then I started paying attention to what I'm thinking about. And I chose not to think about that. Like, okay, what am I going to think about? Thank you, God, for this day. Mm -hmm. Please help me make an impact today. You actually have to make a conscious effort or your brain just runs wild. It does. You know, and the thing is too, like we think to ourselves, who is the who is the closest person to us that's going to get the brunt of whatever bad attitude we have, whatever ba- bad day we have, whatever's going on, and that is our spouse. I mean, you're married, you know, you're really, really close. They're going to get the greatest of the greatest from you most likely, and they're going to get the worst of the worst. And so if we have 80% of our thoughts that are going through our minds are negative, that means a lot of negativity is coming out, probably not at work most of the time, not with our friends most of no. the time. It's our spouse. It's so funny that we're actually doing our podcast about this today because on the way to work today, I actually was thinking to myself and praying, you know, like, hey, I really want to make an influence on people. I want to have a positive impact on people. And literally all of a sudden I thought to myself about Josh, like, do I really think about wanting to be an influence to Josh? Do I really think that I want to be in a positive impact on Josh? No. And that's how my spouse gets 
the brunt of my negative attitude because I'm wanting to go out and I'm sure he's the same. Want to go out. We want to make a positive impact. We want to be influencers for other people. We want people to be better when we leave them. And it's kind of like we're on, you know, we take that responsibility seriously. But then when we come home, we don't think about being that for each other. We think about like our responsibilities and our roles and everything that we have, our obligations, our schedule, but we're not making a conscious effort like, hey, can I be a positive impact on my spouse today? Yeah. It's it's not what we're thinking about. And I just was thinking about that this morning and praying about it, actually. So it's funny. Yeah. So that leads us right into the very first thing. So we're talking about, you know, if we change our thoughts, we can change our marriage. And this is the very first point we want to make is you need to keep your thoughts intentional. Yes, it is very, very important. Like I said, when you wake up, you yeah. It's easy. So as soon as your feet hits the ground, you start thinking like, I have to do this today. I have to do this today. Oh, I don't really want to do this today. And oh my gosh, I got to eat healthy today because yesterday was just crappy. And I just was so bad. And your thoughts just go down this rabbit trail. And one thing leads to another thing that leads to another thing. And then the next thing you know, you're walking out the door, you're rushed, you're in a bad mood. You haven't told your spouse goodbye, you know, or you're just super rushed. Like, okay, I'll just see you tonight. You know, I have to do all this stuff. And then you're stressing them out before you even leave. So you have to make, be very, very intentional and be very aware of what you're thinking about. And a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I'll make sure that I'm making sure I'm thinking positive. No, you aren't. Yeah, no. You're not. No. Because you're, it's like when you drive to work and you don't remember how you got there or you drive home and you don't remember how you got there. So true. You're just on autopilot and you're not paying attention to what your brain is doing. You have to capture the thoughts throw them out and consciously and intentionally bring new thoughts to the forefront of your mind. And gratitude is the first thing that's going to be doing that. You Mm. know, like, what am I thinking about? God, please, you know, help me make an impact. Give me wisdom. Every day I pray, please give me wisdom. Please give me wisdom. Please give me wisdom. Open my eyes to what you want me to be doing to the wife you want me to be, the mom you want me to be, the friend that you want me to be, please. And so you have to be intentional with your thoughts because your brain is not under your control if you don't have it under your control. It's doing what it wants. It doesn't just shut off. If you're not thinking about your brain, it's not doing nothing. It's doing something. Yeah. Yeah, and that that intentionality, though, is kind of an input-output thing. So the way that our thoughts are controlled, a lot of times it's from the outside sources. So we're turn the radio on when we get in the car in the morning, like she's saying, on the way to work. What is it that we're turning on? You know, whether it's in, bad, or indifferent, is it intentional, though? Are we making sure that we're inputting things into our mind, even if we're just having it low and in the background? You know, are we being intentional with whatever it is? So, you know, Christy has something that they do at her work where they each week, you know, each person kind of takes the, the five days of the week and they have to put out kind of a, a, an inspirational, motivational style video. And then they kind of talk about it that day. She could probably tell you a little more about it than that. But mm-hmm. I like when it's her week, even though I, I'm sure it probably gets tiresome after a while. But it, it's nice because she'll lay in bed at night and she'll play through these videos. And the videos are playing while I'm watching TV. But it's really amazing how I've trained my brain over the years where I start to lean in more to what she's listening to and watching than I am about what's on television. And I can be fully immersed in what's on TV at the time. But I my mind automatically drifts because of the intentionality because I really try to force those things on my mind every single day. And it really starts the way our thought processes work, but because we're being intentional with it. 
What I've noticed about, so when Josh and I first started, I mean, he started getting into the motivational videos like a year before I did. And we've both been on these kicks for years about listening to books, listening to speakers, Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Zig Ziglar, Brennan Bouchard, yeah. Simon Sinek, all of these people, uh, pastors too, Stephen Furtick, Rick Warren, all of these people that are good, motivational, inspirational speakers. And if you don't, aren't intentional when you're listening to these videos, like when I first started listening to one of them, I, don't, I think it was Tony Robbins. I'm like, I can't listen to him. His voice is annoying, <laughs> you know, but as soon as I switched my mind to be like, he, he is a very popular speaker, one of the highest paid, most worldwide known speaker. Why? There has to be something good in that, that I can pick out something of value, something mm. that can make me grow as a person. And what I've noticed a lot with these videos that all the whole team has to watch is a lot of the girls, when we're talking to them in the morning, they're like, oh, I didn't like this one. I can't keep my attention. And that's a common theme a lot more so than not. And it's weird because I'm like, it is not that way for me for any of the videos. Yes, I like some of the videos more than the others, but I'm always excited because I can always usually pick out something yeah. from the video that speaks to me that I need a reminder about, that I need to get better about. There's always at least one thing, always, without fail. And it's you have to train your mind to be able to do that. You have to be intentional about it and not just be like, nope, it's boring. I don't It was too long. It was 10 minutes. I looked how long it was. It was dumb. You know, like, <laughs> okay, listen to it until you get something out of it. And if it, that takes you the whole 10 minutes, well, if it takes you two, you better, you better get something quick then. Right. <laughs> So today is a fine example for me, right? So I'm in uh, a final stretch of my semester at school. I have a lot of stuff due. And I allowed today to overconsume me in the amount of negative stuff that I don't want to do that needs to be done that I'm not, I have not been concentrating on a lot of the positive things like my spouse, right? So Christy comes home. She's in a good mood. I mean, it has nothing to do with her day to be completely honest with you guys. I've seen her have really, really rough days and come home and have an amazing attitude. And I think I, I can hear a theme personally as her husband, like this morning, she started it off on the right foot, right? She started talking to God saying, God, you know, really help me direct me, you know, to be positive and, you know, be encouraging to my husband. And she has been, and I am in a bad mood today and I know why. And I, and I have not been intentional with my thoughts. I have not been intentional. Like today is going to go, today's 24 hours a day, whether 20, there's 24 hours in this day, whether I like it or not, how I spend those 24 hours, I still have to get the same amount done. I can change the way that I think about it, though. I can I can change my perspective on all of the garbage that I have to complete today, whether I like it or not. It doesn't matter. I have homework. I have to do it. It doesn't matter. It's I'm completing it, right? You have to get up and go to work. You have to do it. What's going to make the difference at the end of the day every single time, especially when you come home and you lock eyes with the person that is supposed to be the, one of the most important people in your life is the way that you've been intentional with your thoughts throughout that day. And that's hard to do. And you miss days. But the idea is now today we're doing this. I'm I'm learning something. My wife is teaching me like she went to she went and had a rough day, I'm sure at work. Right. But I'm not hearing about it. I'm seeing a one wonderful, fun lovable, playful wife today, you know, and I have something to learn with that because she was intentional with her thoughts today. Thanks, babe. Weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And we have to. Okay. So moving on to number two, number two, keep your thoughts positive. You have to be happy about everything. 
And that's what a lot of people mistake. <laughs> yeah. So people here keep my thoughts positive. Oh, you can't be positive all the time. You know, like you can't be positive that my car broke down. You know, you have a car that could break down. You know, that that's something to be positive about that. You have a car and that car was capable of breaking down. Some people don't have a car. You know, and but to sit back and say, yeah, I'm going to be positive all the time. It's about being intentional with your thoughts again and saying, hey, I'm having a rough day today. I'm having a rough day. How can I make myself understand that it is just a day mm. that it doesn't make me have a bad life? What are the things that yeah. I can be grateful for right now in this moment? You know, that I have a job that and you're not being unrealistic for yourself. You're changing your perception on it, which then actually helps you open up creative fibers in your brain. So and true. you can come with solutions quicker mm. to problems to bridge gaps with people and honesty and loving correction with the people that you go out with throughout the day and mm. accepting that even for yourself, too is huge. So when you do that with your spouse, it's like, okay, how can I, if I, if he's having a bad day today, instead of just saying like, oh my gosh, he's having such a bad day. He never pays attention to me. He never, never, never. Cause I'm, a, that is one of a fault of mine is I use them terms. And if you Google stuff like that, people that use those terminologies usually aren't in touch with actual day-to-day -day things. And I have a really bad problem using those, like saying you never. Yeah, infinite terms. Or always. <clears throat> and it's not true. It isn't. So I've been trying to catch myself saying that. So if you catch yourself saying like, he never is in a good mood. He never. He always doesn't pay attention to me when I walk in the door. You know, that's not true. So if you remind yourself, okay, he's just having a bad day today. And how often I have a lot more bad days than he does. So he's allowed to have those. And how can I support him today in that and make my thoughts positive about my husband when I come home from work? Instead of me going, and it's easy, instead of me being like, I don't know what he has to complain about. He's been here all day. He hasn't had to leave the house. He looks like he's comfy. I had to get up, dress up, show up, be out, have to deal with a whole bunch of people, helping them make stupid decisions, get over stupid decisions. <laughs> no, instead, I could look at that as he could be looking and saying, I haven't been able to leave the house all day. She gets to get up and go out and have interactions with other people. I've had to sit here and work on stuff that I really don't want to work on right now. I mean, you know, and put yourself in the other person's shoes yeah. and then help love your spouse, you know, and be there for them and change your perception on it. That's how you can stay positive is be empathetic, put yourself in their shoes and it will change your perception on it. Yeah. I like how you use the, the uh, analogy of the, like a car breaking down. I think a lot of times what we think is like, what's there to be positive about my cars broke down. And I like the twist that she put on it, you know, well, at least you have a car, you know, to have that. And sometimes that's hard to do, but we have choices, right? We either have a choice of whether we can change the circumstance. Oh yeah, but I can't change my circumstance. Okay. Then you have the opportunity then to choose on how you react to the circumstance. And that right there is still your choice. So when we, when we put ourselves in a position to where we feel like we have no choice, that is a negative way of thinking in our thoughts about, and not a positive way. Like, okay, well, 
I may not be able to change the situation that's at hand, right? But I can change the way that I'm reacting to the situation and I can be more positive about it. You know, this is just a day. I love that you said that, babe. It's it's true. It's this is just a moment in the in a fragment piece of our entire lives. And if we just walk around concentrating on all of the bad and thinking negatively about all of it, then the person that's going to get the brunt of that is our spouse. And who wants to be around a grouch that's in a bad mood all the time and always thinks everything's bad and wrong? Believe me, I know many people like that and I don't like to spend time with them. I don't want to be around them. It just feels icky and gross and heavy. And we don't want it. And that's the worst thing. I want my wife to want me and want to be around me. I want her to desire that. I want her to think, I can't wait till I get home. Right? I, I want to. I want her to feel that way. And... It's not because I, I, I want to be sunshine and rainbows about everything that's in my life, but I get to choose how I react to it, though. And that is a hard thing to do, but that's part of what goes on in our mind. We have to be more in control of that. So, I for many of you, I want to get to Stacy's comment, too. Like, we take our spouse's bad mood personally, which is true. A lot of spouses do that. I can do that with him very much so. Yeah. But I want to take... Easily. Uh, Sunday as an example. So, I've been... A lot of our listeners know... That, you know, I was sexually abused as a child for years growing up. I was physically abused and by different men in my life. And so I was diagnosed with bipolar manic depressive disorder when I was around 18 years old. I was on antidepressants for years and years and years. And I stopped taking them like a year or two after I quit drinking. So I quit drinking when I was 32 because you were 33. I was 32. Yeah, you win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> That's what I thought too. So she did. <laughs> so I was 32, and then about a year later, I quit smoking cigarettes and I stopped taking my antidepressants and all of those, and really tried to. I wanted to be able to work through things in a healthy, figure out how to deal with my emotions and handle my emotions. Now I don't want to get into the whole talk about antidepressants and all of that stuff, whether you should be on them or not on them. I, for me personally, I wanted to learn how to walk through my emotions, deal with my feelings. So seasons will come up where I really struggle with depression and I'll just get all of a sudden these impending feelings of doom for absolutely no reason. Mm -hmm. And I was going through a couple weeks of that where it'll start sparring on like panic attacks. I was in the store with one of my friends the other day. I didn't even tell her. Like I, started like, I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, like I have got to get out of here. Like as quick as possible. I can feel it coming on. I don't have Josh here. Josh is like my security blanket when I have these things. And, uh, you know, I worked through it and got through it. Well, Sunday when we got home from church, I, we were sitting in our car before we went in the house and I'm like, I'm just crying. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that you're married to somebody that just deals with this depression. And he is just like, you're the seasons that you go through this. Now, the times that you go through this are very few and far between. And so what if you do, you know, if you maybe need to go in and you need to, uh, be able to take a nap or go lay down, just get in bed and lay down. And because in the next few days, this will pass, you will get through it again, you know, and then I'll go months where I'll be fine. But that's something that instead of having a spouse, that's like, Cause I'm like, I don't have anything to really be so depressed about. I don't understand. It's just a mental 
mental health is just such a big deal, you know, for people that struggle with it. And yeah. instead of having a spouse, because it's an unseen sickness, it's an, a debilitating thing that happens to you, but you look healthy and to have a spouse that's like, suck it up. No, you're right. You shouldn't be like, why do you have to be deal with depression all the time? It's been years. Why don't you get over it? Like, why can't you just practice gratitude and you should be fine? That actually is worse, you know, for yeah. someone that struggles with that. So to have someone be like, you struggle with depression, like you're just depressed right now and you'll get through it. And the next time you go through it, it'll probably be months from now, or maybe it won't, but it's fine. Those are the things that help keep your thoughts positive too. Like you have that impact on your spouse. Mm. When I'm struggling with that stuff, if he would look at me and put, we take the burden and the opinion of our spouse so heavily, God designed it that way. Mm. And we all have weaknesses and crutches, you know, and I'm crying in our car and I'm like, it just must be my crutch to bear, you know, type of thing. And to have a spouse support that weakness and say, yeah, this is maybe something that you're just going to struggle with forever, but you just need to handle it. You handle it beautifully. And they encourage you through that. That's helping me keep positive about my crutch, about my cross, I should say. Yeah. That's, we all have a cross that we have to bear. We have to remain, try to remain positive about it and not let us crush under the weight nope. of it because I could, I could let that. And if my spouse poured <clears throat> on that, that would just magnify it. Yeah, and it is tough. I mean, I told her too, you know, because it is something important to her and important to me that, you know, she doesn't go back to self-medicating, you know, that she works through it. It's something that she wants to do. It's something that we appreciate in our marriage. Like she said, we're not trying to get in that discussion with anybody else. We're not in your business. So we have no idea. But to us, it's important, right? And so I tell her, like, I'm proud of you because you are sticking through this. Like, you're working through it. You're doing the hard stuff. You know, you are doing that. And so I want her to know that she's well supported. I mean, that's my job. And I take that job serious. So, you know, she knows that how I feel about her in such a positive way. Like, these aren't just my thoughts, but they're my actions too. You know, it comes out even when it's hard to. Even when, you know, I'm tired already. Like, the last thing I want to do is have a deep conversation. But it's the first thing that's most sure. important that I do. And so... You know, I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, it's important that we, you know, do the best that we can and find the positivity in the things that we have. And that's not, you know, sugarcoating things, making things different than what they are. Mm -hmm. It's it's still taking the high road and making a choice. And that's something as Christians that's really hard for us to do because we usually seem to go far the other way where we try to make everything positive when in all reality, we're not recognizing any of the bad. And that's a dangerous, dangerous place to go. Well, it's... I love it when people are like, oh, I'm not negative. I'm just realistic. I love it when people are like that because you can take the same, same exact story and say it in a different way. So true. So, yeah. you know, Josh and I were watching the news years ago and I brought it up to him. It was this news thing that said for the first time in 32 years, this sports team lost to this sports team. And I looked at him. I'm like, it's just so funny because they could have said for the first time in 32 years, this sports team beat this sports team, yeah. which is a more positive spin on the exact same story. Yeah. But instead, we are negative creatures. Yeah. So we are going to look at the car crashes that we want to know. We want to know what the damage has been done. We want to know like and that's why the media spins a negative spin, because that is how our brain works. Yeah. You can say the same story. It can still be just as realistic as you want it to be. And you can put a more positive spin on it with and leave in all of the facts.
It's just that way. But um, that we take our spouse's bad mood personally. Yeah. I do that. I think I do that more so than he does that to me. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I think he, men in general, can compartmentalize things easier than women. I'm not saying it's always that case, but women are more like spaghetti noodles. I don't know if you guys have seen that analogy when yeah. it comes to thoughts, but, and men compartmentalize things. So it's like my way of sending a bad mood has nothing to do with me because I'm amazing. You know, so it's like my wife is in a bad mood is this compartment right here. And us women are like, my husband's in a bad mood. Oh, my gosh. I haven't been having sex with him enough. He's probably checking out other girls. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm probably fat. I'm not been eating right. Oh, my gosh. I have to diet. I should be working out. I haven't worked out in God knows how long. Like, that's just how our brains work. <laughs> it's true. So his bad mood is just on me. It's all my fault. I'm too fat. He's mad because he's married to a fat, lazy wife that hasn't put laundry away in two weeks. <laughs> it's true. I believe it's true. So you have to you have to watch yourself for that. Sorry. Went on a rabbit trail. It's true, though. I mean, I think the whole bad mood thing does. Yeah, that's the 50,000 thoughts. Exactly <laughs> right, Stacey. And I think it's we have to be cautious on that. And I think talking through these things, like Christy's saying, right? Talking through it. We can laugh about it because we'll talk about these things. She's very, very good, though. You are very, very good about, like, tell me you love me. Tell me I'm beautiful. You know, and she means it, you know, but she says it in a fun way. And I make sure to stop and I make sure to do so. Like, I know it's important. I know what she's looking for in the time. I'm like, okay, she's communica communicating to me what she needs right now. And that's to make sure we keep things in a positive direction because it's real easy to yeah, absorb what our spouse's bad mood is. I'm not gonna lie, sometimes when she comes home and she's puking her bad day on me, you know, sometimes I'm just like, man, I had a good day up until now, you know? And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. Her bad day isn't my bad day. It's my job now to like make her feel like her bad day's over. You know, it's now it's an opportunity for me as her spouse to say, hey, man, now you get to have a good day. You know, the bad day is gone. And so, you know, I have to really challenge myself as a spouse because I do compartmentalize. But as men, we try to fix too. Yeah, that's true. Which a lot of times she's just like, I just need you to listen to me. I don't need your advice right now. I don't now. need you to tell me what to do. I know what to do. Yeah, I don't need you to fix me. Okay, <laughs> I don't need you to fix me. And sometimes they're like, why aren't you fixing me? Why aren't you fixing me, right? So it's- We've talked about it before you got to ask then. Yeah, and it is, it is there is balance in that. So I think it's really important. Being a woman can be exhausting. I wouldn't know, but I know what it's like to be married to one. So mm. I can- Definitely. He knows what it's like to be married to many different ones inside <laughs> one. Keeps it fun, though. And God has called me to be her husband. And I to told her this the other day when she was upset in the car. I'm like, God's designed me to be a support for you. And so don't you ever worry about being who God's created you to be because he's created me to support that. And so your weakness is designed for me to be able to fill in those areas intentionally by God. So it's important that we know that. All right. Yeah. Number three. Number three. You need to do, and this is really a lot for men, but women too. You need to protect your thoughts. Protect your thoughts. Do you want me to say why? Well, I you have to protect your, for women, not always. But we have to protect our thoughts because we compare ourselves to other women. True. Oh, so true. And then we automatically start thinking that... You know, this is happening, this is happening, because he's probably thinking of other women that look specifically like this, or act specifically like this, or are more funny, or are taller, or shorter, fatter, thinner, funnier, uh, smarter, you know, can drive better, 
you know, type of thing. And we do. And so you have to protect your thoughts to say, you know, to, because that will start making you distrust your husband for no reason at all. You'll start questioning things yeah. that he's doing, which will start putting a wedge in your marriage that doesn't even exist So true. at all. Yeah. So you have to protect your thoughts. Now, some women do, I was talking, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Some women do like really check out other men. It is fewer and farther between than men, yeah. I, I feel. But a lot of times women start doing that because their man does that. Mm. And so they know that they can't change their man. So they're, they're thinking in their head deep down, if he's going to do it, then I'm going to do it. It, which which doesn't help the marriage at all. But they feel better inside themselves because they feel like they're getting back at him. Like, okay, I can find guys that are hotter than you, look better than you, work out more than you, or funnier than you. And so they start doing that, and then they it, it just allows yourself. So you have to protect yourself to not do that. Two wrongs don't make a right. That's very – it goes back to, I don't know, before Christ probably. <laughs> and so you have to make sure that you're protecting your thoughts. But mainly as women, you have to stop comparing yourself. I was in Sam's today. I had to go to Sam's at work, do a quick run. And I'm walking through Sam's and I swear to God, there is a supermodel walking through Sam's. And my first thought, like she's super tall. She has super long, dark hair that like goes past her butt. She's probably, I don't know, 18 years old. She's never had a child in her life. That's what I told myself. She's like this big. She's wearing a short little crop top. She's, she tans like she's like the color of this table. <laughs> and uh, she's very pretty though. Very, very pretty. And I'm walking around and I'm just, my first thought was, thank God Josh isn't with me. Oh my gosh. That is my, and he doesn't know the story. That's why he just said that. No. But that's my first thought. And then I'm like, oh man, I wish I could be that skinny. My hair's not that long anymore. I wish my hair was as long as hers. Mm. You know, we start comparing ourselves to that. And then I have to catch myself. And I did. I caught myself and I'm like, first off, I'm a woman in my 40s. I'm successful. I am a good person. Like I am a good person. And, and I don't. And you're fine. <laughs> And I don't mean successful, like successful, like career doesn't make you successful or not. What type of person you are. And that like, I am a success to me over the things that I've overcome mm. and how much I love God yeah. and how much of it, how much I try to be a better person every day and make an impact on people. And I'm there on a purpose. Like, and my purpose in life is I don't need to get distracted by comparing myself to other people. So true. I'm here for a purpose and I'm not going to allow that to happen. So Women, it's very, very important. I went on a huge tangent about that. I'm really sorry. No, 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 no. That's good. That's protecting your thoughts from the female perspective. Yeah. And for a guy, I always look at it like Hansel and Gretel as guys, right? So, you know, we follow the crumbs and we get all the way into, and next thing you know, you're stuffed inside of an oven, you're getting toast, you know? And it's like, guys are just, yeah, but we're just big dumb like animals. And if we're not careful, we'll end up get, becoming toast. Like we'll end up getting cooked in an oven. So we have to be very careful the way we protect our thoughts. We get caught up on, right? It's summertime and stuff. Like you have to, you have a couple seconds to look away from something that can grab your attention when, whether you intend it or not, that's why you have to be intentional with protecting your thoughts, to protect your eyes, your ears, protect everything about yourself. Like, and it's you, and it does, it becomes a habit after a while. Okay. It becomes something that you just get good at as time goes on. But if you let off the gas pedal on it, it you can revert back. So you have to consistently do everything you can to protect yourself. Don't put yourself in positions to where your thoughts are wandering. Do not allow yourself to go places or watch television shows. It's something Christy and I have talked about on our show many times before. You know, it's much, it's 90% of shows that have any form of nudity in it. It's not male 
nudity. It's female nudity, mm. right? And but my so, wife isn't like, well, I'm sorry, you can't watch this. It doesn't phase me any. No, that's she understands the value in protecting her thoughts and my thoughts. Like we just don't gauge ourselves towards those things. It actually upsets me because I'm like, there's a lot of good movies that they just throw in these stupid uh, sex scenes that have nudity in it for no reason at all. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't even watch those movies anymore, which really upsets me now. When you, you know? have to protect your ears too. And protect your ears, of course. Like right? if guy, nothing's even in front of you, but if guys started talking yes. about like, oh, I went to the strip club the other night and, yep. you know, start, it's, yep. that can send your mind wandering. It you can, know. but you have you. The point is, is if we want to be of value, if we want the things that come out of our our mouths and the way our, in our actions, if they want them to be of value to our spouse, we have to really, really do everything we can to protect our own thoughts. Protect, which I believe there's a saying that says about building a wall. Like defense is some of the best offense. You know, about building a good wall in in defense is some of the best offense you can have, and and that is intentional when we come to. Uh, our thoughts in protecting them. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know, because I've never been a guy either. But when you talk to when when because Pastor John talks about this all the time, where he's like, you know, the one second rule, where you see something and you have to look away. But even if you look away, protecting your thought is not to you're not looking anymore. So then you're like, yep. man, that girl was like really fine, and you start thinking about it instead of doing that. That because that could still lead you down the wrong path. I would think. Instead, you know, you look away and you should start thinking about like how grateful you are about your marriage, how attracted you are to your wife, everything that your wife does for you. And you have to start reminding yourself, then allowing you even for that one second, that look that you had before you could turn away to start fantasizing because you could. Yeah, for of course. Yeah. That's why it's so intentional with the thoughts, right? It's not just the, the, the eyes is the gateway. The ears is the gateway to these things. And then it goes into your thought pattern, just like Christy's saying. And I don't know about women, but it is for guys, right? Because that's the way that we're designed. And so we're, we're, we, we do things by visually, by, by looking, right? That's why I love to look at my wife. I love the way she looks, right? I love that. So I have to be careful that I'm not looking and then obsessing or thinking about the things that did happen. Even though I took one second to look away, like I have to be very highly intentional with the way that my thoughts are afterwards. Just like you said, I'll reach for her. I will. I will think about her. I will. I will do all of those things, and that is keeping captive of those thoughts. It's protection, and also at its highest degree. On the flip side of that, too, protecting your thoughts, not just from people you know of the opposite sex that you're not married to, but protecting your thoughts about your spouse to yourself. Like you have to make sure that you're thinking about your spouse in a positive way. And you have to be reminding yourself of all the things that your spouse does do for you, all the gaps that your spouse does fill for you and try to make it a point to not talk out loud, you know, negatively about your spouse as much as possible. Like you could be thinking negatively about your spouse and never checking out somewhere else. And if you're not being conscious and protecting your thoughts from doing that, mm-hmm. that will start causing you to have bitterness in your heart towards them. That is unnecessary and doesn't need to be there because your spouse is a human and humans can always, are always not going to live up to the standards that we can set in our heads, especially the expectations. You know, we can put unmet expectations on our spouses. And then the next thing you know, you're mad at them and they don't even know that 
you're mad or what they did. They know that you're mad. They don't know why, though. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even realize that you're mad. But they don't know why. And it's because we're putting unmet expectations. And the next thing you know, you're spinning out of control with your thoughts in your head about your spouse and how annoying what a loser they are. And they didn't even do anything. They did nothing. Like they actually didn't meet an expectation that was never spoken and they had no idea that they were supposed to live up to. And they're off trying to live their merry life and be your partner. And you're all upset because they didn't fit into this puzzle piece that you had designed for them. And that isn't okay. So you have to protect your thoughts and communicate with your spouse a lot. It's, it's so Christy every once in a while says, you know, I know something about me annoys you. I know it. And I tell her, no, there's not anything that annoys you. I'm not, I know you say that, right? But nothing does. <laughs> I choose not to focus on any of that stuff though. Like I really, really, I, I, I don't like, and it's not just to say it to say it, right? I really don't. I don't focus on any, nothing that she does annoys me. Like it's not an annoying, she doesn't have any annoyances. She may do some things sometimes that I don't like, but never do I feel annoyed by my wife ever because I don't allow myself to think that way. I just do not see her that way. And I refuse to allow myself to ever feel that way about her because I don't allow the thoughts to, to develop over time. Like, ugh, why is she doing this again? Why is she doing this again? She knows I don't like this. Why is she doing this again? And I just don't think that way because I choose not to, I have to protect myself from going down that road. You're staring at me or is it because you are thinking of something? Yeah, I have a story. Okay, here we go. I figured as much. I could feel the laser beams on the side of my head. So it's just so funny because we were all on Mackinac Island this past weekend. And we were, we took our kids up to the cemetery on Mackinac Island. We were all looking for like the, we're trying to find the oldest tombstone that we could find. I think we found one that dated back to like 1760 something. 1782. So while we were there, there was no one else in the cemetery except for this couple. And they had two labs that were beautiful and they were so golden retrievers. I mean, yeah. And the lab, the, they were super friendly, super nice. But anyway, so we asked them, Hey, do you guys know which way we can get to the, the arch rock? And it's an older couple. I would say they're in their fifties, sixties. And it was so funny because the woman, you know, said a couple words, but then the husband was very like, you could tell he loved it. And he's like, we're from around here. We live here. And he starts telling us like where you can go, like go down here. You take a left turn, you walk 60 steps, you turn right. And then all you have to do is get your compass out and do 90 degrees North. And then you're going to find this like he's stories to go with it. Yeah. And stories and stories and stories, but it's actually really cool because it wasn't bothering us at all. No. And while he was talking, you know, he kept looking over. He's like, I know my wife's annoyed with me already, you know, and then he finished that. And then he's like, oh, and then if you want to see this and he's like, I know, I'm sorry. Like, she's getting like so bad. And he kept saying something. And as we're walking away after we got all done, I was thinking to myself, that's actually really sad because maybe she was annoyed with them. They've been married maybe for a long time. But. How informative and how quick he was to help others at stuff that he's knowledgeable about to be a help to maybe was a thing when they first met that she absolutely adored. Yeah. And now it's gotten to the point where she is assuming that he's annoying us. So now she's annoyed with him when how much he talks and everything he's telling us really has nothing to do with her. You know, even if we were annoyed, we wouldn't be walking away saying, oh, my gosh, that lady's husband we would just be saying that guy was so annoying true so it really would have nothing to do with her and the fact that she's putting that like projecting that on her husband and we actually were very grateful yeah, i was I annoyed think, at all i think he held back some information that we probably would have wanted to know 
Because he was thinking that we were annoyed because his wife was making him think that way. Yeah. And I yeah. wanted more information. Yeah. I loved it. I was having a great time. I could have stood there more of the day and just talked to him yeah. rather than walk up them stupid hills. My calves still hurt. And we got lost. And we got lost. <laughs> and my calves still hurt. It's Tuesday. They hurt. So. It, it's true, though. And I like how you said, you know, in the beginning, maybe, you know, what she used to adore that about him. And yeah. then she became annoyed. So now she projected onto him. And now he assumes everyone thinks that he's yes. annoying. And we that happens with us. So I'm going to tell you what it is. OK, we always say after we get done meeting somebody new, a new oh. couple, we say this every single time. Oh we talk too much. I'm sure these people think we're super annoying, but never, not one time has anybody ever said, man, you guys never shut up. And I've never heard from a third party where these people are like, oh my goodness, man, them grochies. They just like talk and talk and talk. And they're so annoying. Now we do talk a lot, but it doesn't mean that we're annoying to everybody either. So I have to be very careful, like with my thoughts on that, right? I have to be very careful that I, I need to stop saying that. Because I'm projecting on what I think other people think. We do need to take a breath sometimes and let other people talk. I'm not saying there's not any reality in it, but it doesn't mean that we're annoying. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't mean that we're annoying, okay? It means that maybe we need to take breaks, right? I get that. Once you get to Zoom with more, you know that you could look at us and be like, can we have a turn? Yeah, when's ours? Like, this double dutch game's going on forever. <laughs> and I can't even, I just want to just get in and like, give me have a jump with this. So anyway, <laughs> protect your thoughts. And the very, very final thing we want to talk about when it comes to changing your thoughts, change your marriage is and this is so true, is that your behaviors follow your thoughts. They do, and they will. They will. And it's proven. And yeah. I heard a sermon one time even, and I'm like, man, that is so true. I'm like, and, and it's okay. I got a, a personal Thank story. Thank you, Stacey. Sweet. I got a personal story. Oh, So when we're trying story. to eat well, and we do so well, for like a month. Like I'm actually 3% of our life. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm actually better at, than him when it comes to this only because Josh likes to break the rules. Josh is flexible and Josh could is like we could do this one time and then jump right back on. It will be fine. And it would be fine <laughs> if that is really what we do and we don't. So I'm the person that's like rigid. I'm like no. <laughs> So no, we are on it. We've been on it for a month. We get no breaks, no ice cream ever again, ever. Like life. no chip. You can't even have one, you know, and it wears down. And eventually you start thinking about the ice cream, especially in the summer. I'm like thinking about the New York cheesecake blizzard from Dairy Queen. Nothing is better to me besides mint most tracks. Okay. Those two things. And you start thinking about it and you're like, oh, I can't have it. I can just think about it for a little bit. It's fine. You know, eventually someday I'll be able to have it. And then you think about the next day, you think about the next day, you think about the next day. Eventually you're going to get ice cream. It's going to happen sooner than six months from then. It's going to happen sooner than two months from then. It probably happened within the month. And it's the same thing in your marriage. Like if you, <laughs> Mark's like, crap, no, I want ice cream. <laughs> It's true though, but if you make a conscious effort about it, so it's the same way in your marriage. Like if you're on a diet, you're trying to eat healthy and you put the work in and the time in and you try to look for something that you could eat, you can find good alternatives. Like Josh went to the store yeah. the other day, he found keto yogurt and the, it actually is a pretty good sized cup. It's not one of them cups. Literally for a person like me, you take a large spoon because I have a big mouth. So you take one large spoon bite and the whole cup's empty. That is not this. Okay. The cups are actually a good size. It's thick. It's creamy. It's filling. And it would satisfy an ice cream craving for me. It would. Yeah, if good. I make the conscious effort to do it. It's no different with your marriage. Like if you are thinking bad things, 
let's just take cheating. This is the easiest one. Josh can do a more complicated one. I'll go with the low hanging fruit, which is cheating. So if you start, if you start, I, I, and I truly believe this. If you start by watching movies and you start fantasizing about even an actor and you start allowing yourself the thought like, okay, if you died or uh, some marriages, they do the um, two or three freebies or whatever. Like like a hall pass, like that movie hall pass. Yeah. Which is absolutely ignorant. So you start allowing yourself that eventually once people are married 30, 40, 50 years, it's going to turn into, okay, I can look, but not touch for real human beings that I see uh, on the street. And then eventually it's going to turn in, okay, to a person I run into all the time, I can just flirt with them. It's going to be no big deal. And then that's going to turn into, oops, I fell. Now they're pregnant, you know, type of thing. (laughs) Maybe they don't get pregnant, but it's the same thing. You have to make sure that you're, you're protecting your thoughts because your behavior will eventually follow that thought that it's not too far behind the train and then the caboose. It's just, it follows each other. It is true. And so this, this, uh, program, this weight loss program that's been all over Facebook for a while now, it's called Noom N O O M. I read up on it a little while ago just to see, right. We're always trying to climb back on the wagon, right? So it's like, Oh, maybe this is a magic pill, right? Well, Never quit quitting. Right. <laughs> right. Always failing, though. So I looked this up, right? Anyway, so they use cognitive therapy, right? So they use actual therapy. And what that therapy is, it's behavioral style therapy. And it's because our thoughts, once we capture those the correct way, our behaviors will automatically follow. It's just the nature of how we're designed by God. It's the truth, you know? Once we start to dabble in our thoughts, it's just a matter of time before our behavior follows. It's just... the. It's just... It's natural, it's nature, it's how God's designed us. So I think in our marriage, if we can consistently see the goals that we want out of our marriage, not by looking at like other couples like, wow, man, they have such a great marriage. I want to be like them. It didn't happen overnight and it doesn't consistently stay that way because they're just did the work in the beginning and it doesn't stop, you know? They're constantly doing the... uh, preparing their minds in a way and capturing their thoughts, doing all these things we mentioned with their thoughts, and then their behaviors will follow. I think what happens, no different in weight loss, is that we have this high expectation of having these ultimate results once we do it one time, right? I ate only a cracker today. I should have lost 47 pounds, right? On the season alone, they just have to go like 10 days. Yeah, they starve themselves for 10 days, right? And then so I'm like, all I have to do is 10 days. And then these poor people blow up twice the size once they get home, right? (laughs) It probably is true. (laughs) But my point is, is that, you know, our expectations are so bad when it comes to our thoughts and our behaviors. Like we, we undershoot what really is possible and we overshoot like the big deal of it. And I think that's such a uh, mishap in our own marriages that consistently every day. It's not just a matter of a little bit of a compromise. That little compromise will grow. And then it's not just in your head anymore. Now it's in your behaviors. The way that you think about your wife becomes how you speak to your wife. How you speak to your wife eventually becomes how you treat your wife. And those things eventually happen. And we can justify it all the way down, all the way down. And solely think we're not being mean. We're not being condescending. We're being helpful. And that's a sad reality of what I'm we end up doing. I'm fixing you. Right? I'm helping you. Yeah. And we actually believe that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're being stupid. No, I'm not calling calling you stupid. I'm just saying you're being stupid. You know, like we justify all of that into where 
you're being mean, condescending, angry, bitter, nasty, and you didn't you didn't get that way overnight. You did that because of our thoughts. So we say change your thoughts, change your marriage. It literally is the truth. You can change your entire marriage if you can understand the ways that you can change and alter and control and manage your thoughts. Are you adding to your marriage or are you subtracting from your marriage? Because you're always doing one of them. Yeah. You're always doing one of them. And I would say, I love a quote that says, don't be jealous of a person during their winning season. You don't know what they lost during their losing season. It's the same for marriages. Like, don't be jealous for a marriage that looks as if they're in their winning season because they may not even be. That's true. Yeah. It just may look look like that. (laughs) Yeah. But even if they are in a winning season, you don't know what they've lost during their losing season. Yeah. And marriages are meant to last. So a losing season, they will come across again. And then you might be in your winning season. But that is marriage. That's life. And so a lot of people put un- unrealistic expectations on their marriage in general. It doesn't even... We do it from little girls and little boys. Like We do it before we even know who our spouse is going to be. Yeah. And it's like you envision mm. like, oh, I'm going to have this partner for ever this perfect best friend that I get to live with and we get to do life with and we get to do everything amazing together, which is not life. Like life knocks you down. It swipes, swipes your feet out from under you. And your marriage is going to be that way too. Your marriage isn't like this force that's never going to be touched by life because you're individuals too. And it's like, you are going to get diagnosis that you don't agree with or, you know, cancer diagnosis that you guys have to fight through. You're going to lose jobs. You're going to have, um, your kids are going to, you know, disrespect you and go through teenage years. Like you're going to have these things that come up and that is life. So your marriage is going to go through downs and it's going to go through ups. And as long as you guys are saying like, Hey man, we're really down right now. What can we do to make sure that we stay tight in this just very hard season that we're going through? You have to do that. You have to talk about where your thoughts are on the move on the show. This is us. I love the, um, the uh, black couple, I forget what their name is now, Randall, Randall and his wife, but they do this thing in the show. This is us that they're like, before they go into a situation, they're kind of nervous about, they both look at each other and they say like the worst thing possible that they are thinking could happen. And she'll be like, okay, this, this, and this. And he's like, whoa. And then he's like, I was thinking this, this, and this. And she's like, yours wasn't that bad, you know, type of thing. But that makes it fun and it's honest. And I know it's a show. But some things that we can There's say, like, we can we can be honest with each other. Like, okay, if we keep down this path, this is what I'm worried that's going to happen. Yep. Okay. And it actually makes you closer if, if you are more honest with where your thoughts are going. So you're ready for the blended edition of this. Okay. We can summarize all of this because all of this applies to every marriage. When you're in a blended marriage, you might as well times two all of this. <laughs> Okay, because the majority of people that ended up in blended families came from some type of broken relationship and you're carrying so much baggage. So you're already assuming bad things about your spouse automatically, right? You're going to fail me eventually someday. Yeah, you're going to fail me. Don't you're talking to me way my ex used to talk to me. So your intentions must be the same. I mean, we have all of this baggage that we carry forward. Or we think like he's probably thinking that. I remind him of his ex of this. Like, I don't ever want him to compare me and his ex ever. And he's probably doing that right now. Yeah. And you know? that's the and truth. He may not be. No, no. And I don't do that. And then I'm getting offended. 
Yeah, exactly. From him doing nothing. Exactly. So my point is, is that's why the intentionality of our thoughts makes such a difference, especially in blended families, especially in blended families. Did you, I mean, we've shared it before on other shows. It's like over 75% of second marriages and beyond fail. Especially if they have kids. Especially if they have kids, they fail. And why? Why? It's because we're not breaking the patterns of the past. We're in a new name of marriage, though. We're in a new relationship where this is new. Like, everything should be different. It's not, though. We bring the baggage No, because you're still there. You're still there <laughs> mentally, emotionally, yeah. right? You're just not there physically anymore. So understanding, like, if we don't change our thoughts from the way things used to be, if we're not willing to trust, and I'm telling you what, that's the hardest thing in a blended family, to do that in a brand new marriage, knowing that you got burnt the last time, you don't want to get burnt again. You have to be willing to risk, you know, and trust what God's doing. You have to be willing to do that. And that's and really trusting God. It is trusting God. And knowing that your thoughts can drive the bus full on either in the wrong direction or in the right direction, right? Christy said it earlier, you know, you're either working for or working against, you're doing one or the other. And so knowing that you're in a blended family, knowing that you already have the odds against you, don't add to that by continuously following your negative thoughts, not protecting them, doing all of the raw things with the way that in your mind is. Just because your actions are one thing today, if your thoughts mm -hmm. keep up, Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time before this marriage fails too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want to encourage you. Blended families, non-blended families, you know, marriage is sacred. You know, that's why we do it before God. That's why it's a ceremonial thing. That's why it's supposed to be taken very, very serious. You know, it's my job to be the best version of myself for her. Stop making excuse excuses to yourself to be mediocre. Amen. I mean, give it up. You need to raise the bar for yourself. Yeah. And your family. Mm-hmm. And your family. And for God. I mean, that's what God, God would want you to do. That's right. Well, we hope you got some value out of this. If you did, please hit the share button. We could really appreciate you sharing this out. Share if you care. Sharing is caring. <laughs> Thank you all for being here this week. We'll see you guys next Tuesday at 7. And guess what next week is? What? It's our one and a half year anniversary. That's right. We're going to season four next week. <laughs> something special Ooh, someone threw some hearts thank you all right guys we'll see you next week bye